everyone, and welcome to Another Bite, where we rewatch the most innovative and intriguing pitches from Shark Tank. I'm Jory, and I'm joined by Ariel. Hey, everyone. And John. How's it going? Today in the tank, we're airing out our dirty laundry. Well, apparently not Mark Cuban's. In his own words, he doesn't wash his own sheets, which I don't really understand because I find laundry like loads of fun. But before we get into that, here's an ad that we'd like to take for a spin. There's no secret formula for better service throughout the customer journey, but there is the all new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead and give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can easily support, strengthen, and grow your customer base. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Today in the tank, we have Wad Free. Now, Wad Free comes to us from Cindy Bray, who is asking for $200,000 for 5% in her company, which is a $4 million valuation. Wad Free is... The first ever wad preventer for your washing and drying machines. So essentially the problem that Cindy is trying to solve is that fitted sheets become a nightmare when you put them in the wash, right? And so the solution is here's a clip to fix that. So it is essentially a small boxy shaped sheet clip that helps you hook the elastic ends of your fitted sheet together so that it doesn't bunch up, which apparently helps it dry 75% faster with fewer wrinkles. So Cindy is hoping to turn the wads of sheet into wads of cash for our sharks. But thinking about this product and our pitch, initial thoughts. I am the audience for this. (laughs) Ariel is all in. (laughs) I think we're all the audience for this. Anyone who's ever tried to tango with a fitted sheet knows. Yeah, I'll tell you who's not the audience for this was the sharks. Just from the lens of like, those people haven't done their laundry in many, many, many years. Not personally. They were all like, oh yes, definitely a problem for me. I think Kevin was like, I have my Egyptian cotton sheets that I use. Oh my God, your housekeeper's definitely washing your sheets, Mr. Wonderful. Billionaires, they're just like us. But look, it's a square little piece of plastic that she's selling. So anytime you can sell a piece of plastic, in my mind, genius moves, wad-free, all in the same league. (laughs) It solves for a very common problem. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like all of us watch that. We're like, yeah, that is annoying. I'll be honest. I absolutely love it when somebody who's just a normal person, like any one of us, gets so annoyed about a problem that they're like, build it myself. Screw it. I got to solve this problem. And then they're like, I'm going to sell this thing and retire. And so I like just love, love, love when that kind of stuff happens. And this is a case of that. That said, I don't know. I wouldn't invest in this company. It's literally just a piece of plastic. I think it's one of those things that some people would buy. They maybe use it a few times. They'd stop using it. It would kind of become a pain to put the sheet in the thing. It's easy to just throw the sheets in the machine. Who really cares about the wad? Nobody cares about the wad. You got a wad, you get a wad. You unwad it. You know, it's not that hard to unwad a wad. What are you doing with your wad? You unwad it. (laughs) Not that hard to unwad a wad, okay? And so to me, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm sure that there's a bunch of people who saw this and were like, I should buy that, but I'm not investing in this company. No way. 
Yeah, I think kind of what made me out for it was she was answering a question from Kevin specifically around the sheets. And she's like, well, this isn't going to damage your sheets if you use the product the way it's meant to and follow the machine wash instructions. Anytime that your product has to rely on the consumer knowing how to like best use it. Yes. Immediately use that's it. That's problematic. And I mean, honestly, how many of us leave the tags on our sheets to know the proper way to wash it. So for me, it was just like, oh, I'm out. This is not a liability for me. So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. You remove the tags from your sheets, Ariel? Yeah. If, Isn't that illegal? I thought it was against you know, the law. Or is that just mattresses? I think that's yeah, for, it's mattresses, for mattresses. And it's because of like fiberglass yeah. being in your mattress. Also, uh, side note, don't open your mattresses. You'll die. So don't do that. But it's just a sheet, John. Why are you keeping you know this? <laughs> oh, don't even. My rabbit holes are deep and strange. So... But you don't take your tags off your sheets, John. Yeah. You just like are tagalicious. I would just like they get tucked under like they're not like in the middle of the sheet. It's not like they like <laughs> sew the washing instructions square in the middle of the sheet. They put it on the edge. <laughs> I'm learning more and more about both of you by the day. So much lore. But what is interesting though is like it is a piece of plastic. I do see what you mean in terms of like, you know, is it investable? But it's got a net profit of 38%. And I was kind of surprised because I thought this was a pretty mm-hmm. expensive piece of plastic. I think it was $18.99 it was retailing for. 20 bucks. Good for her. Yeah, like cost landed $350 with $350 shipping. Like that's not bad. No, I would just worry just not that many people would actually buy it. I guess like the TAM is mm-hmm. huge, which is like literally every household in the world. So that's kind of nice, you know. It's nice when your TAM is everybody. How would you market this then? If you don't think necessarily like the website direct to consumer or like Amazon and Walmart is sufficient to reach an audience. That's just for me just screams infomercial just for some reason of like mm-hmm. explaining how you do it. But you take a more like modern twist on it, maybe throw like a 1990s filter from TikTok or Reels on it. And like you have the old retro CRT TV and like have it playing. Like I think there's like fun ways that they could have made this more from like that kind of perspective. But this one is a tricky one to market as a standalone because I think there's a lot of opportunities to partner, but on its own. Yeah. The challenge is I don't think there's a lot of people searching for this, which means like Amazon, online websites, search, D2C is actually pretty tough unless you can get amazing word of mouth going about your product. And so the challenge is basically like you either got to get into an actual retail location where people buy this sort of product, or you've got to build incredible word of mouth about it and get people to want to search for you. It felt very much like she would need to let consumers know that they have a problem that they're moderately aware of, but didn't know that there was a solution for. Yeah. You know, for all of the times we've talked about infomercials, like I actually don't know the economics of how an infomercial works and how many $20 pieces of plastic you'd have to sell to justify the cost of an infomercial. You don't like the free shipping, nineteen ninety five. shipping and handling. <laughs> Tell me you grew up in the 90s without telling me. <laughs> <laughs> That's lovely. Yes. But something that you brought up, Ariel, that was a really good point is this idea of partnerships. And I think that's worth unpacking a little more. So Lori, who in a past season had partnered with Better Better, had mentioned that Better Better had mentioned (laughs) that this was the perfect complement to a product like that. And especially as like a really good upsell opportunity. So do you see this as like the only path to success for a brand like this? I don't think just partnerships alone would provide it to scale. I think for what the founder is looking for would have to really have like multiple partnerships or something ongoing and more ever beat because I could see this being like a two month thing and then kind of disappearing off the face of the earth. Yeah. You've got to look at a partnership through the lens of like, what's the other partner going to get? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times it's easy to imagine a partnership where it's like, oh, if you put this thing there, they would sell lots of those pieces of plastic. It's very hard to imagine a world where the partner that was including the piece of plastic is benefiting that much from it. And I think that's a tricky thing on this is like, if you add it in to a checkout flow of the better, better, like that's literally going to drop off the number of people who buy the better, better. Yeah. Every step you put in a checkout process means like fewer people are going to buy mm-hmm. it. And so like better, better would never go for that. Maybe it means you can like put together some package that in theory would sell more, but that means that the piece of plastic has to have actual like demand behind it, which it doesn't seem like it actually has. And so I think that's the tricky thing about like structuring a partnership for something like this that I was kind of struggling with. I feel like the only time it's worked to throw plastic in an existing product has been cereal boxes. I have not seen any other use case in which that has worked. I mean, those were free toys. (laughs) And that was an incredible value add for the cereal. People bought the cereal for the plastic because their kids were desperate for something to play with. Because it was the 80s. Well, they ate their sugary treats. Yeah. Ultimately, though, we saw two sharks sort of sit up and get interested. So we saw a royalty offer from Kevin, $200,000 for 10% in the business, as well as a royalty because, of course, on brand, very on brand, $1.50 per unit until a million dollars was paid back. And, you know, then you had Lori, who was already kind of like chomping at the bit to get this in with the better, 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 better. And she offered $200,000 for 20%. Ultimately, though, the founder didn't like the idea of giving away that much equity. So I felt like I was kind of surprised. But ultimately, the founder went with Kevin and Kevin's royalty deal to uh, seal the deal and get a Shark Tank deal. So yeah, we did get a Shark Tank deal. I mean, you have to look at any royalty through the lens of basically how much of your margin is it taking? Mm -hmm. So the the cost of taking a royalty for you as the entrepreneur is that you're going to make less profit Mm -hmm. because it literally just comes out from the bottom line. You know, for her with 38% net margins, this $1.50 royalty is like a 7.5% royalty. So she's basically like, giving away seven and a half percent of each dollar sold profit. And that means basically that she goes from a 38% net profit to a 30% net profit, which is still really, really amazing. But what she's betting on is that by taking that royalty deal, instead of giving away more equity, that ultimately she's going to be able to sell much more and that she as an owner of the company with a bigger ownership share in the company that she'll actually make more money long-term. And, you know, I'm sure most of the entrepreneurs come in and do some of the math on this in advance of kind of like, well, let's say I do a million dollars of sales. Like, how much do I make in a royalty situation where I own more of the company? And how much do I make where I give more of the company away, but no royalty? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Well, ultimately, it looks like the math paid off in Kevin's favor, which doesn't always work, you know, when he's offering those royalty. And if someone's not quick on the math, doesn't always pay off that way. However... I do have a company update. So Kevin seems to have been a great option for this company. Sales have increased a ton due to the Shark Tank effect. And I think it was very much like, it wasn't so much a clout pitch like we've talked about in the past, but I do think that the side effect was that it got a lot of clout. So Many people suddenly were like, yeah, that's a problem, and I'd really like to fix it. So Wadfree has received a bunch of buzz from multiple outlets. So it's been featured in Apartment Therapy, BuzzFeed, Bustle, Reader's Digest, and more. (laughs) Reader's Digest is perfect for the Wadfree. (laughs) Right? Yes. Why didn't we think of that? Talk about a partnership. (laughs) And I think something that we were talking about is kind of like, oh, like, how do you market this? Well... One of the company's biggest marketing channels right now is through TikTok. 
So in TikTok, they've found a significant audience and are freeing up those wads virtually. As of 2022, the company is valued at about $5 million. TikTok has totally transformed the how-to industry. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's taken it from a like, oh my gosh, I got to go read some like epic blog post full of a lot of pros so that like Google will rank it to get just to a basic answer of like, buy the wad free if you don't want your sheets to tangle. Now to like watching a slick video on TikTok. Well, you're where ripping it's just through like TikTok. Makes ripping through it. so clear in seven seconds exactly what to buy. Just rip through some TikTok. <laughs> I am happy for Cindy because it's great. She literally went out. She invented something. She John's seems like, like a I great want her business to be more person. frustrated by day to day things so I could see more inventions come out. Yes. <laughs> so I can buy more plastic. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Inventions. We're looking to use Cindy for more. <laughs> Today's episode was written and produced by the mythical Matthew Brown. Additional support comes from Melanie Romero and editing from Robert Hartwig. If you're a fan of the show, meh, even if you're not a fan of the show, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to support the show. That does it for me. We'll see you next episode here in the tank for another bite. Create Like the Greats, hosted by Ross Simmons, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each episode hosts an in-depth analysis of some of the greatest creations and creators of all time, along with deep dive conversations on the creative process that went into building companies and brands. If you like learning about history or learning about the creative process, you'll like this podcast. Listen to Create Like the Greats wherever you get your podcasts.